Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm good. How was your week? It was good. Not too much going on. Went to LA last week. Celebrated a friend's birthday. Oh, yeah. How was LA? You know, LA. Same old, same old. Beautiful weather. You know, it was funny because it's like 60 degrees there and everyone is like freezing cold. And I'm like in shorts and t-shirt. I'm like, this is so normal. Have you ever seen people in San Francisco? Like when it's 60 degrees out, they're walking around like they're living in like Iceland. <laughs> like they've got like skull caps on and like scarves and gloves. I'm like, girl. You mean in LA? No. And here too. Really? I don't, when I, listen, I live, I'm New Yorker, right? Uh, so, so oh, when you, right. So yeah. like you do that in like when it's 30 <laughs> and 20, True. you don't run around in that shit when it's 60 and 50, which they do here too. But yeah, LA is the same. Like when it rains, it's like Armageddon. It's like yeah. snowstorm. <laughs> like, oh my God, nobody can drive in LA when that happens, right? Yeah. No, nobody can drive in LA period. But. So it was a good weekend. Yeah. It was fun. What about you? How's your foot? My foot's healing. I'm getting much better. And uh, she running marathons yet? Not yet. In my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, January fourth is my big date, and uh, we have a big announcement tonight. But we're gonna we're gonna save it until the end of the show. I think. Yeah. Let's just save it. Let's today. just save it. It's yeah. really exciting, and we can't wait to share it with you guys. Cliffhanger for everyone about 2019. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was all in all, it's a great week, and holidays are almost here. We're gonna be taking a two week hiatus, um, ending our first season of Really Queen Radio. We did it. Woo! And then we're going to come back in 2019 and we'll talk about that a little bit later. So, uh, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so, again, if you are just joining us, this is Really Queen Radio and we're part of the House of Pride family right now and we're broadcasting live from San Francisco, California. I'm Brian Kent and this is... Jay Wilkerson. And each week we're here to explore a new musical artist who has helped to influence and form the LGBTQ culture as we know it today. The, basically, the show was born out of a conversation we had on the dance floor where I asked Jay if he knew who a particular artist was, and he didn't. And I was like, really, really queen? queen. <laughs> so, it was like somebody it's somebody that he should know, so we thought, how else would you know unless we teach you? So, we're going to get started here. Don't forget, if you want to reach out to us at any time during the show, you can call us at area code 415-550-0511. We are also on Instagram at Really Queen Radio, and our website is reallyqueenradio.com. We can also find the link to all of our podcasts, which are up every Thursday morning. So, all right, here we go. So, this is the artist. Okay. And Jay has no idea who what I'm going to do. And I'm trying to play one that's kind of real popular. Okay. So, you might know it. Hopefully. And also in a genre that you might also know. All right. So, there's a good chance you might know this one. All right. Fingers crossed. Okay. Are got you... last week. So <laughs> Yeah, you got last week, which is Add awesome. Add two to the books. Okay, you ready? Yep. All right, here we go. sitting putter. Life's candy and the sun's a ball of butter. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. Don't tell me not to fly. I simply got to. If someone takes a spill, it's me and not you. Who told you you're allowed to rain on Sir, 
At least I didn't fake it. So I guess I didn't make it. So Jay, yeah. I know this one again. Who is it? Barbara Streisand. It is Barbara Streisand. I do have the preface. Yeah, I was gonna say you only know this because why? Go ahead and tell them why you know this one. Uh, Because I asked Brian a few weeks ago on the show, or like after the show, or something, if "Rain on My Parade" was Barbara Streisand. So I think we were talking about Barbara Streisand doing a duet with Judy Garland, and you might have asked. Yeah. And also, she's been brought up during the Donna Summer show and the Judy Garland show. Like every. like how do you not know her and so that's why you know it's a kind of counts but we need to learn about her yeah i've been been waiting for you to do okay this this is why you need to know about her this is why i decided to close out with her first of all let me start by saying she is i mean there's no way to do this in 30 minutes her career spans over six decades Mm -hmm. and so when you're talking about 60 plus years of performing and acting and all the things that she did Mm -hmm. there's no way to do this in 30 minutes but we're going to do our best to hit the highlights so this is why first of all you need to know who she is first of all you know i just said she's a singer she's a songwriter she's an actress she's a filmmaker she's a director and a producer wow she's done all of them done it all a cute little fact her name was originally spelled the normal way you spell barbara but she wanted to be different and everyone's like oh you should change your last name and she's like i'm not going to change my last name and so she's like but i want to do something to be different so she dropped one of the a's from barbara so now her uh, instead of b-a-r-b-a-r-a it's yeah. b-a-r bra bar bar bra bra <laughs> she's like i felt like i was just being a little rebellious but okay. not going too far <laughs> all right <laughs> right which cool. is why i couldn't find her when i google searched her at times because <laughs> i was spelling it correctly <laughs> Um, so, but she is one of the mo- one of the best selling recording artists of all time, with more than sixty eight point five million album sales in the U.S. Whoa. With a total of hundred and fifty million album sales and singles sold worldwide, making her the best selling female artist among the top selling artists that were recognized by the Recording Industry Association of America. I mean, this is like of all time. This is huge. So, I, when I think of Barbara Streisand, I only think of her like on stage for some reason like i don't even i don't even know that she has like actual like albums right you know like i just (laughs) for some reason when i think of her i think of her like in movies and i think of her like on the actual like stage performing but i don't actually like think of her as like i'm gonna stream her music on you know spotify or something i mean well so i mean because of her all of her awards in music specifically she's often called the mother of all contemporary pop divas Oh, I mean, wow. that, that just goes that, I mean, music is what she was. Yes. Interesting, interesting yeah. fact here is she didn't want to be a singer. Okay. She actually wanted to be an actress. That was her dream to be an actress uh-huh. and decided that, um, you know, they, someone said, look, you should try singing. And so she said, yeah. that's how she made it, which obviously turned out in her favor. Yeah. Obviously. Um, <laughs> because it wasn't what she wanted to do. She ended up acting obviously, but she, you know, she, she was a singer and okay. that's what she, that was there music was really her, her background. Yeah. Um, so let me, let me just tell you a few of her, her accolades here. She won two Academy Awards. Okay. She's nominated for 42 and won 10 Grammy Awards. Wait, did you say 42? 42 no- Grammy nominations. What? 10 Grammy Awards, including a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award and the Grammy Legend Award. What? I mean, this is some serious shit. That is really serious. She shit. won five Emmy Awards, including a Daytime Emmy. She won a Special Tony Award. She um, won an American Film Institute Award. She was the recipient of the Kennedy Center Honors. She won four Peabody Awards. She got a Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Obama. What? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> and she won nine Golden Globe Awards. Wow. This bitch has a shelf. 
full a library full she hasn't just yeah she has she has a grand library like just look at my awards bitch yeah she's one she's actually one of the it's a small group of people of entertainers that have actually been honored with all of the above an emmy a grammy an oscar and a tony so she has them all she has all of them she's she's a small group of people that actually have one of like everything yeah um yeah it's pretty that's pretty impressive uh yeah <laughs> and and think about it majority of that is i mean her music stuff so yeah. you know she, she definitely was a musician yeah, first even though it. that's not what she wanted to do uh-huh. um but uh her, her her the song well first of all then this there's a lot there's, there's so much to talk about i'm like stumbling over my words because i don't even know where to start with her so you in terms of movies you, i'm sure you saw her in funny girl that's where don't rain on my parade is from it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I do remember like the scene of her. Like, isn't she like on a boat? Okay, so you just remember the video, probably. You probably haven't video. seen the whole video. Okay, but yeah. you should definitely see the whole the whole movie. She okay. was originally on it on Broadway, and then she reprised her Broadway role in 1968, and she won the Academy Award for Best Actress. Wow. Now here okay. is some fun little information. So that mm-hmm. year that she won the Academy Award, mm-hmm. she had to share it with somebody. Because what? it was the only time there's been a tie in this Oscar category. What? Yeah, she had to share it with Katherine Hepburn. What? I didn't even. I don't. I didn't even know that could happen. <laughs> well, neither did I. Could you I imagine? Yeah, they're like, and we have a tie. You're like, fuck, fuck a tie. that. I worked too hard for this tie, Catherine. Oh, this, what is she yeah, doing? What is, who is she? You, this is how Catherine. This bitch. <laughs> Do you know how who Catherine Hepburn is? No. Oh my god. <laughs> Really? I don't think so. Okay. Well, we're we're, we're going to do act. I think we should do actors and actresses at some point as well. Uh, um, let's do it. Yeah. So, so you do know who she is, though. You just not. You just not. You know. Barbara Streisand. Yeah. I mean, of course. Like, I can picture her, what she looks like in my head, and you know, like, I, for some reason, I just think of her like on stage because you know I did musical theater. So, anytime I heard of her, it was like when we were talking about theater. So. Okay, let's play one of her, another one of her songs that um, that was really big. That you you should know, even though she's in alone, you should definitely know this, and uh, and you'll see why I'm saying that. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Happy days are here again. The skies above are clear again. So let's sing a song of cheer again. Happy days are here again. Do you recognize that? No. Who did she do this with as a duet? I don't know. I haven't even ever heard the song. Yes, you have. No, but she sounds really pretty. Like her voice in here. I can hear it. You know where you heard the song? Last week. Girl with Judy you Garland. You played this last week. She sang it as a duet with Judy Garland. Oh, well, I'm not going to remember that. <laughs> it was a week ago. <laughs> girl. Oh, I'm not going to remember that. That was a week ago, girl. Uh, I don't that was, remember what I had for breakfast. That was four narcos ago, girl. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, so that was her song, but she went on the Judy Garland show with Judy yeah. Garland and they did it as a duet. duet. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I, I love how you can hear how 
beautiful her voice is in that. that yeah, I mean, she's really definitely, pretty. you know, a, a singer, songwriter, vocalist. I mean, yeah, it's, it's all about the quality of her voice. She, yeah. she did a lot, most of her stuff are, are big ballads and as, as opposed to up tempo, which she has, she has plenty of them, but not as many of the big ballads that, that she's had. Um, she, she was, it's, her childhood was kind of something. She, her father died, um, when he was 34 and she was only about a year, about a year old when he passed away. Okay. Um, so and no dad. So she did not have a father. He basically had, um, a seizure that they thought was due to some head injury that he had years ago. So it was very unexpected and suddenly sudden. And so her mother had to raise her on her own and mm-hmm. they basically went into below poverty level status. They had absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, so she grew up kind of that odd person out, you know, she yeah. didn't have quite the looks at the time. And well, I mean, some people say she doesn't now. I think she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she went to high school with interestingly enough, Neil Diamond. Yeah, you, you don't know who Neil Diamond is. Oh my God, look at me like, and? Okay, <laughs> no. so she actually, Neil Diamond is this, another singer, okay. a male singer, who she later went on, ironically, after going to high school with him, and not necessarily being friends with him in high school, she uh-huh. went on to do a huge duet with him called You Don't Bring Me Flowers. Do you know that song? No. You don't bring me flowers anymore. I'm like, oh, okay, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, so you know that song. Now that you sang it. Okay, so, so, <laughs> so yeah, so she, that was a duet with Neil Diamond. Yeah, okay. Got um, it. We'll have to look up Neil Diamond. I have to write that down. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of funny that they went to high school together and ended up doing a duet together, but yeah. never didn't know each other or weren't like friends there. But she made her singing debut at um, a PTA meeting. Really? A PTA meeting. Uh-huh. Like in high school? Like a PTA? Well, she didn't, didn't have PTA meetings in college, girl. I mean, I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, when the fuck do you have a PTA meeting? Well, I mean, there's, there's different. <laughs> Most... like, what the fuck really is a PTA meeting? Parent-teacher Parent- association? Just parents... Sitting around in the Parents auditorium. Parents caring about their children's talking. scholastic careers. <laughs> <laughs> so she was there for her children, I assume. No. no. Oh, she was... Her first singing gig wasn't when she was 30 or 40. Oh, when she was in yeah, high school. Yeah, she was very young. They She's asked probably, her to sing. It was probably even younger. Okay, it's all coming together okay. now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who Phyllis Diller is? Who? The comedian Phyllis Diller. No. I don't know why I even asked these questions. So yeah. one of her first gigs was in September of 1960, where she was the opening act for comedian Phyllis Diller, which okay. is kind of how she first got her start on the stage, like being out in the, you know, kind of the bigger, the bigger events and so yeah, forth. Yeah, so that, yeah. that was a really big deal for her. Um, the first time that she ever appeared on TV, though, was in 1961 mm-hmm. when she was on the tonight show the tonight show yeah mm-hmm. got it so johnny carson okay so it that's the same show correct that okay. night johnny carson was not in so it was a it was a it was a fill-in that night got it and so um th- so she sang a song which was kind of the song that you know put her i i would say that it would def- definitely the one that made her you know be noticed uh-huh. and put her put her out in front of people and people were like who the hell is this person with this voice so yeah. um i want to play just a little clip of the song that um, that she sang, which is okay. kind of amazing. It's a it's a huge ballad, but this is the song that she sang that um, she did on the Tonight Show. Play it. Yeah. 
that's the song that put her on the map. Wow. I mean, she did that in front of a studio audience for the first time in TV that was seen all around, you know, so it's kind of... Yeah, I feel like anybody that goes on Johnny Carson, like, just kind of blew up after they went on that show. <laughs> I'm not saying that she shouldn't have. I mean, her voice sounds incredible, but it just seems like that's kind of the thing back then. Well, I mean, it's it's just like, what, who was it? It was Ellen. Didn't Ellen do that too? Yeah. Donald, Johnny uh-huh. Right. So I think definitely when you get on a show like that, yeah, where you're so you know, popular you're, and, and also you're good enough where they believe that you should be on the show totally. and invite you to be on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you know that she was almost the, uh, I think, what do they call them in, in Canada? She was almost the first lady of Canada. What? She dated, um, prime minister, Canadian what? prime minister, Pierre Trudeau. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) That would have been wild. Yeah. Could you imagine if she was Wait, so she was like dating him before he got elected or... Correct. Okay, yeah. He wasn't that. She was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or she she was dating... No, she was dating him, but turned him down to marry. So she didn't become the first lady. Right, 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 right. Um, First lady of Canada. She had... You know, I told you, she obviously we talked about her her duet with um, Judy Garland. Mm -hmm. But um, there's been so many amazing people like Donna Summer, Neil... Neil Diamond, Barry Gibb, Judy Garland, Josh Groban, Frank Sinatra. Just the list wow. goes on and on and on of people that she's um, worked with. Have you heard of the song called People? Maybe if I heard it. So it's a song um, that was basically written for the Broadway production of Funny Girl, which okay. starred Barbara Streisand. Uh-huh. Um, so many people have done covers on this from Andy Williams, you don't know, Ella Fitzgerald, um, Dionne Warwick, Aretha Franklin, Nat King Cole, The Supremes, who we talked about, and so many others. It's kind of, This is kind of what considered to be one of her signature songs that um, she put out. And I think... Basically, uh, for her, uh, this version that she did basically entered, or didn't basically, it did enter the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2004 mm. for the song. So listen to this one. Yeah, I really have never heard. People this song. who need people. I have never heard the song. <laughs> sing it, girl. Sing it. I so wish you guys could see me right now. <laughs> this is like her signature song. Yeah. I don't know. I've never heard it. Very special. Um, so you've played a lot of like really like kind of slower like that's her jam like this kind of slower that that was her jam I mean she's you know she's known as this vocalist she did more big um, you know ballads but she does have some some fast songs I mean she did um, the duet with Donna Summers which was enough that is enough yeah, Start, yeah, remember it started off slow and went yeah. fast um, and uh, there was um, there was a, the song called Stony End, which is when I was growing up. This was one of my um, my favorite, favorite songs. You want to hear a fast one by her? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so this is Stony, this is um, Stony End. 
Kind of cool, right? Yeah, it's just funny because music is so different now, right? Like, yeah, I mean, this was 1971. Yeah, it's so funny because you're like, this is like, you know, a, a big, like, big, fast one. And I'm like, still not really that big and fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. But for back then, it was. For back know? then, it was definitely, totally. it was a departure for her. I mean, it became, it was it was definitely a different direction with a more upbeat, you know, contemporary sound yeah. than some of her ballads in the past totally. and what she had done. So, you know, it was, it was a different direction. Her, actually, her, one of her kids, um, her, so, do you know who Carol King is? Yes, you do know who Carol King is. Yes, I like. Uh, mm, I do know. Like, why? Why am I blanking on what what she's done? Well, uh, she's. She, well, I don't know how to describe what Carol King's done. I mean, she's a she's, she's a writer. Funny, right? She's like a. You're thinking of Carol Channing. Oh, maybe <laughs> Carol Channing. Okay, the one that talks like that. It's like fun, it's super funny. Carol Channing. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> never mind. We'll move, we'll move on with that one. Um, so you know, uh, Barbara did a lot of movies. Uh-huh. A lot of movies. Um, probably a lot of which you know. So obviously, did you did Funny Girl, which mm-hmm. is the big one that you know. She did Hello Dolly. Yeah, that's where I remember her from. Okay, you did that. Mm -hmm. Um, On a Clear Day, uh, she did a movie called On a Clear Day. She did Mm -hmm. The Way We Were, Mm -hmm. um, which I'm going to play for you in a minute. Um, She did Funny Lady, A Star is Born. We talked about A Star is Born. Yeah. Last week, she did A Star is Born. Um, She did a a show called The Main Event, which is um, where she did the duet with Donna Summers. Okay. And she did a movie called Yentl. Yentl. Have you heard of Yentl? Yeah, so you know Barbara Streisand's oh. Jewish, obviously, right? Mm, okay. You can tell no, the that. nose, and like she's very proud of the fact that she's Jewish. And yeah. she says in one of her lines, she says, "I kept my nose despite my face," because <laughs> she never got the nose job, you know, because she has a very Jewish nose. Yeah, she does have a which, Jewish which she's nose. super proud of. Uh-huh. Um, so she was the first woman, like I said, to write, produce, direct, and star in a major film. But when she went to go, she started her own film company, and she went first to um, a lot of the studios in Hollywood when she wanted to make Yentl, and she asked all of them, you know, would they, would they, would they make her picture? Yeah. And everyone um, turned them down because turned her down because they, they didn't, they had never like, her. I think it's probably because they had never really seen, you know, someone want to do yeah. all things at once. So ha- have you seen this movie Yentl? Oh yeah. Is it good? Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's 19- good. Yeah. It's a 1983 film. Yeah. I mean, it's 1983. I mean, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's like, good. For don't expect like CGI and special effects. Well, obviously. And, you know, it's yeah. Just, yeah. But like the storyline and the plot, it's good. Yeah. Um, but she did get someone, Orion pictures picked it up and took on the project for a budget of $14 million. That's not much. That's not much. Yeah. Right. Right. So she she not only did Yentl as such, meaning that she was the um, the producer, director, and the star. She did it also for Prince of Tides. Have you heard of that movie? Nineteen ninety one. Prince of Tides. No. Prince of Tides, and also mm. The Mirror Has Two Faces. Nineteen ninety six. Even later. Mm-hmm. So she actually did a couple more films where she and her production company did it all. She was in a movie a movie recently, like in the last like few years with. Um, Fuck, the, I can't meet the Fockers. Meet the Fockers. Yeah. She's a Meet the Fockers. She's, she's the mother yes. of Meet the Fockers that yes. does all the like okay. healing. Yeah. Yes. See, now you're getting yeah, it. It's all coming back it's to me all now. All coming back to, to you now. So, you know, there was actually some controversy when Yentl received five Academy Award nominations, right? Uh-huh. So, it received five Academy. This was like a big, like, scandal, right? Uh-huh. So, the movie received five Academy Award nominations, but none for the major categories of Best Picture, Actress, 
or director. Wait, we're talking about Yentl? Yentl. Okay. <laughs> right? So it receives five nominations, but yeah. none in, in, in ones that she should have all been nominated they're for. Like, they're like, best props goes to. <laughs> right. I mean, even Prince of Ties received more Oscar nominations. And that was like not quite the film that, you know, and, and that was like, they used like best picture and best screenplay, although not for director, yeah. but it received more. So there was like this big scandal of like, they, everyone felt like she had been robbed, mm. you know, because it was her first time doing everything and it had received all these nominations and it, and she wasn't a part of that. I mean, do you think personally having seen the movie that I was robbed? Yeah, I think at the time it was, I think it was definitely, definitely robbed. You know, I think she, yeah. you know, um, I think that th- I'm not sure what it was about. I don't know if it's because she was a woman. I think a lot of people feel it was because she was a woman. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But also a woman trying to do all of it. Yeah. But, probably you know back then. i think the attitudes kind of were a little different back mm-hmm. then yeah um, so i think that's when it was just starting to change and people were like fuck that that is bullshit yeah um so as far as a gay icon goes i mean let's talk about that for a quick second i mean mm-hmm. I-, I think she when she was first starting out i think you know gay audiences definitely kind of knew there was something familiar about her um i think that she I think spoke to a lot of what, you know, our challenges were, but also she was, she was a diva and she had this fabulous voice. And I think gays are kind of like institutional in spotting talent. Yeah. I mean, I've been thinking about our show like over the last like six episodes and I'm just like, you know, what really makes someone like this gay icon? And I don't really think there's like anything just except that someone is like really talented and has like great music and, but also like somebody that is kind of relatable and, you know, has gone through some sort of like struggle to get to like where they are. I mean, I think that what makes, you know, them so relatable to the gay community. Um, I mean, every, almost every gay con has basically followed the same path as in this is what you're saying. You know what I mean? And yeah, they've all been molded like early it. in their careers by, by other gay mentors. I mean, she had gay people all around her yeah. molding her career and helping her to become, you know, who, who she is. And she's also been very supportive of the gay community. I mean, her, she just released in November her, um, last month, her 36th studio album, which is basically a huge fuck you to Trump. Really? It's all about the wall. It's, it's um, the title. I forget the title. I think something about the wall. But basically, she has a, like a song on there that's, uh, you know, that basically addresses LGBT rights. Wow. Um, saying that like you can love who you can love. So it was this big. She's very democratic. She's very very politically involved. Yeah. Um, her son is gay. Oh really? Her son. She has a son by the name of Jason Gould. Is he hot? He's he's very sexy. He is. He he appeared um, as her on screen son in the Prince of Tides. Okay. So he was in a film. He's not like a big actor. So is he like a daddy now? Um, I haven't seen Reese. Calm down, girl. (laughs) I haven't seen recent pictures of him. Jeez, she's twirling the wires and getting all worked up over here. Um, She did write a letter to the gay community in 2017. Um, Advocate went around and asked a lot of these icons to write a letter to the gay community. And Uh I thought it'd be kind of fun to read it. It's not super long. So this was her letter. The first time I ever sang for a paying audience was at a gay club called The Lion in Greenwich Village. I was 18 years old and had never been in a nightclub before. The gay community supported me from the start and I will always be grateful. Decades later, I remember sitting in a theater and watching Larry Kramer's play The Normal Heart with tears running down my cheeks. It was 1985 and Ronald Reagan was president and it was heartbreaking to know people were dying while he refused to even say the word AIDS. I wanted more people to see this powerful story about everyone's right to love so I tried for 25 years to get it made as a movie. No one would touch it but thank God times have changed. Marriage equality is the law and that deserves a toast to all of us because we're all unique and beautiful in our own way and entitled to love and to be loved by whomever we choose. Wow. That's so sweet. I'm going to cry. 
it's moving isn't that nice yeah um and i think i think that's you know part of the story with the the other artists that we've talked about on the show is that you know the gay community always is like one of the first communities to latch on to these artists so a lot of them thank the gay community for really like launching their careers you know right um i would like to play the song that won the um the grammy for uh a star is born because I thought that would be kind of appropriate. Yeah. This was this was her song that um, that won for for that. Love soft as an easy chair. Love fresh as the morning the song at all have you ever heard it no the song is called evergreen okay and this is basically the title the title track for a song a star is born yeah i still need to watch it i need to watch that version i actually want to watch both versions this was the second one right yes so judy garland did first then she did second i think it'd be cool to just sit down one night and watch all three of them and see how they're all different wouldn't that be amazing just like one after the other yeah like a total marathon they should do that at some theater sometime Note to that would be a long time to be in one theater. I know, right? <laughs> I'm going to need a lot of popcorn, girl. Um, I will say one of my favorite albums of hers was called One Voice, and it was, um, it was she did a concert in her backyard in Malibu. Yeah. <laughs> Who did she invite? Like, all of her friends. Yeah. And it was $5,000 a ticket. What? $5,000. As a matter of fact, on the album, she says, I spent sleep, like, sleepless nights thinking about what I would possibly do that would be worth five thousand dollars and they like all laugh and she's like then i figured out that i would be singing like three thousand nine hundred and twenty four notes it's about a dollar a note some are longer maybe three dollars some are shorter maybe 50 cents but it all works out yeah it was totally totally funny but it was definitely one of my my favorite favorite albums i will i will leave you with one last thing before we listen to a final song of hers i can't believe the time is up again again well we're gonna fix that aren't we jay we're gonna um, fix it there's a thing called the Streisand effect. It's now called the Streisand effect. Okay. Okay. And it's just kind of, I read this and I just thought it was funny to share. Yeah. So in 2003, Barbara Streisand sued an aerial photographer. Remember, this is 2003. So this is like when aerial things yeah. weren't quite as, and starting. for displaying a photograph of her Malibu home, along with 12,000 other photos of the coastline taken to illustrate the, corro- the, the erosion that was yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But they, but they specifically photographed her home, which she, you know, was private and she didn't want like pictures of her home. Remember, this is Wait, also, can, can you not take pictures of no, we, well this was back then you, it's not about that it's about can you send something in the air and look down and take pictures and, and you know, invade their privacy and uh, whatever so I mean it's a little different now we're more used to this because we have drones and yeah, blah blah blah, blah and we take pictures of their house all the time like, yeah. whatever so she didn't end up winning the suit. They ended up drop, dropping it. But now, but this, but it actually called more attention to her home <laughs> by her suing him. Because at the time when she pulled this, had this whole problem, there was uh-huh. only like six people that had seen the photo, three of which were like her lawyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like by <laughs> making the big deal, then she ended up like everybody she, saw it. Then did so everyone know where she lived? Everybody knew where she lived. So basically now they, so that was called the Streisand effect. <laughs> okay. So, and now it's a term like in, in the real world. Oh my so God, that's the like, Streisand effect. Like Streisand effect meaning that not a lot of people know something until you Meaning bring if you that shut shit the fuck up, up yeah. like no one's going to know. But yeah. if, if you talk about it or cause a problem, then they're going to actually know about it. Streisand so effect. Just leave it. It's the Streisand <laughs> effect. Um, so I'm going to leave you with um, a, a 1980 track that she did. It was a duet. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know the Bee Gees? Mm. The Bee Gees. Mm-mm. 
I'm sorry, I'm having a small stroke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. The song was written by the Bee Gees. The Bee Gees, uh, oh my God, they did. I mean, you probably, did you ever see Saturday Night Fever? Mm. With John Travolta? Have you ever heard a song, Staying Alive? Uh, 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 Staying Alive. Okay, that's alive. the Bee Gees. You know that uh, kind of uh, high. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the Bee Gees. They were, okay. okay. Those were, they were brothers. Oh my okay. God. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just like, that's a little bit of a shocker to me. But um, the Bee Gees actually wrote this song for her and it was a duet that she did. So before we play it, I want to say, first of all, that we're going to, um, that we're going to give her a little announcement. Yay. Let's so, do it. So here's our special secret. Secret. Not anymore, though. So, we are going to be moving to a one-hour format starting in the new year, and we're going to be moving to a Thursday live show at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So, it's going to be again on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thursdays, people. And a full hour with us you're going to get starting January 10th. Thursday, January 10th. We're so excited about that, so we don't have to rush, and we can spend more time with you and, you know, try to... So it's going to be great. Get more information out and not be rushed and be able to talk a little bit more. So we're super excited about that. Um, I want to spend a special thank you out to Tweeka Turner and the House of Pride Radio for having us and giving us our beginning here on Wednesdays as part of their show. We really appreciate that. We couldn't have done it without you. Um, Don't forget, you can subscribe to our podcast. Um, We're taking two weeks off. Don't forget that. And then we'll be back on January 10th live. And you can follow us on Instagram at ReallyQueenRadio. Our website is ReallyQueenRadio.com. And the Tweeka Turner House of Pride Radio Show should be coming up next. So um, I'm going to leave you with a song. The song is called Guilty. So it's perfect for you, Jay. Because <laughs> I'm so guilty. Because you're so guilty of so many so things. So many. And like I said, this was a duet with um, the one and only Barry Gibb, one of the brothers of the Bee Gees. So um, thank you guys for listening. Have an amazing holiday. Merry Christmas. And I hope everyone has a happy new year. And a happy, happy new year. And we will see you in 2019 on Woo-hoo! Thursday, January 10th. What day, Jay? Thursday, January 10th at yes. 8 p.m. All right. So excited. Well, this is our closing out song. Thank you guys for an amazing 2018 and amazing season one. Thank you so We're much. We're so excited to be have all of you guys from around the world. And we will see you in 2019. Bye, friends.
Because they would, they wouldn't oh. want to. Oh, she's done too. Are you quitting on this film, or no? She's going to learn how to ski now. I'll show him. I'll become a skier. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's me out there in the skis. I, I did have an opportunity to go to a ski resort, and I actually just walked around town, but I didn't have the right shoes or jacket. I went to Lake Placid with the family, another Olympic town. Yes. Took a tour and learned all about the hockey team that won the Russians that year. That was where the giant alligator that. was, wasn't it? The what? Giant alligator from the movie Lake Placid. No. All right. Oh, was it? I think so. Oh, I think you might be right. Yeah. That makes sense because it's a tropical. Well, maybe it was something else. It was like Lake Sharkhead or something like Lake Alligator Ed. So, what was Lake Placid like? Well, Lake Placid really challenged my sense of uh, heights. I wouldn't say fear of heights, but I had one by the time I left. I mean, we went up in this huge gondola, and it was all over the mountain. And then we went on this. uh, When we got to the bottom, you would go up three stories and jump into this big uh, trampoline kind of thing, you know, a big, big net. It was so scary, Mike. From the ground, you're like, what's the big deal? You get up there, and I swear to God, the thing's a postage stamp. Wow. You know, on the ground. And you can't get so down. You get on, well, you have to jump. You have to jump. And yeah. you do. Um, then we went on this ski lift that was, like, really lame. Like, you 
you know, you could just slip out of your chair and jump if you wanted. You know, it, was, it wasn't restrained. And I had just fallen three stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was fresh in my mind. We went up on the ski slope. Did you there was the Olympic thing where you, you have the gold, the silver, and the bronze. Wow. And so my three kids got up there. And I was like, do black power. Do black power. <laughs> right. Like that picture. Like that right. moment the famous, in history. Right. 62, there wasn't Winter Olympics or anything. No, you're right. Yeah, Lake Placid. I didn't get the shot. My wife would not stand for my... uh, (laughs) How how many times did you do that jump off thing? You just did it the once? Just the once? I won't do it if you ask. (laughs) Because I was on the ground going, what's the big... And I'm saying in my voice, look, you know everybody lives. Yeah, right. They wouldn't have it otherwise. Right. Yeah. let it, and then when I got up there, I was like, <laughs> it's like, oh my God. It wasn't like I was scared. It was more like a part of my body that was about survival instincts refused to let me. <laughs> I mean, I did do it, but I'm saying. Yeah, never again. We're watching, uh, by the way, the movie is playing, uh, but it's just footage of skiing. Do you ever watch oh, those Warren well, Miller movies? This is the big con. I'm. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, I was just, all right, well, there's a guy who all he does is make ski documentaries, by which it's just footage of people skiing. Yeah, Marvin was one of those guys, Mike Marvin, for a long time. Yeah. Um, here it is. You're looking through your papers there in the hotel room in Virginia. I appreciate it. Correct. That's correct. What a I'm trooper. Not finding it. This fucking hotel detective is downstairs like, what is that guy doing? He's been on the phone watching a ski movie on YouTube. The hotel detective, man, he was out of sight. He was a hotel detective. Small budget ski films, including 1972 Earth Rider series that captured the first ski base jump ever off of El Capitan in the National Park. Wow, yeah, that was a big deal. He used to do ski documentaries. Isn't skiing the reason why 70% of the animals are extinct since 1970? I blame it on ski culture. They're like, look at this mountain. I'm going to ski down it and go back up. Well, you've got, you can, you should blame uh, golf courses. Okay. And, uh, no, I'm just going to blame skiers. Snowboarding showed up late to the party, but it's just as bad. All right, here we go. Okay, so here's the German. Now, the, what I was trying to say before is only that this is the big contest and like the Germans win even though they lost you know and everyone's mad and so he challenges them to the Chinese downhill and the Japanese guy goes what the fuck is the Chinese downhill <laughs> and at the 30th anniversary at the 30th reunion they asked him to do that like 70, 700 times oh I he bet yeah stage, say it again what the fuck, the Chinese downhill. See, in Aspen, they had the Irish downhill. It's sort of like a free-for-all. Whoever gets to the bottom first wins, but you just beat each other up. But what, and, and better off... And they called it the Irish downhill? The Irish downhill, yeah. Downhill. Oh, oh my. So, so in 2014, they asked this... Um, um, this Jimmy Sieto to say that, like, that hundreds of times... Well, yeah, I guess. Fan convention. should pay 20 bucks at this point. All right, here we go. Squaw Valley, USA. This is... Har- no, this, this is... is uh, Harkin. Harkin. Yeah. 
Man, I can't. So Shannon, Shannon Tweed had a stunt double, but not a body double. Uh, no, I mean, Ski Shannon double. Tweed is the body double, right? Right. Well, maybe. I mean, that's that was a pretty hot. Uh, can't believe she gave this guy a Mickey. And then well, like they just got see, it on. Um, Blue Lagoon, right? Yeah. There's, there's Brooke Shields' face and then cut to below her neck and it's like, ba wang! <laughs> double, double. <laughs> that's even just as bad. That's what Shannon Tweed is all about. All right, ski. Marvin says, 12 years before this film, a guy named Norm Simmons was how, talking about how he won a Chinese downhill. And I said, what the fuck is a Chinese downhill? That's how it ended up in a movie. One nice thing about this movie and our podcast is that we can talk over this footage. This is like actually probably preferable than... Fun? Yeah. Otherwise, it's this. You did it! Wow, what a scam. This yep. fucking premium cable skiing channel is a scam. Now, the German guy is also a newscaster, just like um, uh, Sonny. Sonny. That's crazy. Yeah. What uh, charm lives? I mean, you got to admit, like, it's one thing to be in a movie and then become a newscaster, but this is a skiing movie. Like, you get to ski and, and party. Isn't it funny, though, that two of the main actors became anchors? Yeah, well, they're the two. They could trust people could trust them for news, I guess. Uh, weekend news anchor Minneapolis, Minnesota, two thousand one, Two Falls, South Dakota, and KDLT. Current. Welcome yeah, to the Falls. weekend desk. Hi, I'm only on the air on Saturday and Sundays. The boring days. Nothing's happening. See you Monday. That's right. Real weekday news, Mondays through Fridays. Oh, I think we're going to have the gondola sex scene now. Now, what is this gondola that you speak of? Uh, it's just that thing they're getting in. You know, it's the ca- a car. Oh, I see. It's like a ski lift, but it holds four people. Yeah, it's called a gondola because you know, a gondola is like, like boat in yeah. Venice. Is it yeah, true that this is? Yeah, multiple people. It's like a boat. Is it true that the canals are filled with sewage? Yeah. yeah. It is. Not sewage like... Not... Okay. The Europe's been around a long time. And if you go back to 1400s, then yeah, there's poop. Yeah, floating right. in the river. Okay, so well, here we have a time. Yeah, but if I'm a tourist and I go on the gondola... Today, no. no. You'll, you'll see pristine... Well, no, I don't know pristine, but it, it's more like Hudson River. Ooh. Whoa, look at that. He got in the gondola with a, a sexy 80s model. Yeah, She's, no, w- when the skis were right next to her, or the skis were in the ski basket, and then there's no skis. I don't know, the internet thought that was a big deal. Oh, um, she's, what's happening here is the director's got a walkie-talkie whoa. saying like, saying like, Kiss her on the leg. Sure. Do this, do that. Like, give it, throwing him suggestions. It was his idea to do, what is it, zinc oxide, that stuff he puts on his Oh, face. yeah. That he's oblivious idea. that she's stripped, pulling down the zipper of her top. Because he's here? putting on zinc. Yep. No. She's like, you missed the spot, and guess where she's, you know. The pee-pee. Oh. You never know where you're going to get burned. 
you don't want to like when you go pee, sometimes it burns. Oh, I, this is pretty good. He put on zinc oxide. He likes the way she puts on that oxide, baby. <laughs> wow, he's just going right to the breasts. He's a, you know, red-blooded American boy. Yeah, in 1983. Look, look, look what you see! <laughs> That's actually my zipper, Carl, not the movie. <laughs> Just a, what a coincidence, What a coincidence. Right? Look at that face. She's pulling it out. You were unzipping. Look at the hair. Is that a stunt chest, or do you think that's him? I think that's a double, body double. Because that, you know, that was a bear. <laughs> that was a real... I think it was the body double. Uh, see, this is where it's important to learn how to act. The critics hated this film, hated it, hated it. Was, he's it, giving, hated she's it. giving him head right now. How can they hate this? <laughs> They're on a gondola, and she went down on him, and the camera stayed on the guy going... Ugh. I'm in a motion picture. I have to act like I'm getting a blowjob. And I get to fake perform it. <laughs> Your mother must be very proud, young lady. 30 years Thank later. You. Hey, say that line. Yeah, right. Yeah. Did you see what mom has on YouTube? No way. Look how <laughs> young she is. Yeah, no shit. Now, why didn't Sunny leave? And where has she been sleeping at night? Well, she got her own room. She's got she's, no money. She's been hanging out in the there's, lounge. Oh, they're smoking a bowl from a pipe. Look at that. Nice wow. to see a pipe represented once in a while. She just passed that shit. No, thanks. It's in the cut. I'm a sativa lady. <laughs> Is it legal yet in Virginia? <laughs> uh, hey, oh, yeah. Can I you go downstairs? The lobby's like, here you go. Uh, some CBD gummies. <laughs> that's the uh, non-getting high one yeah do yourself a favor man that's such a fucking bullshit hoax now now that it's legal you got everything has CDB in it you could buy it in the liquor store newspaper, you know what I mean like you could mm-hmm. buy it at a, at a corner store just don't even bother hey, right now the joke is what, are, what race what move are you doing and he goes alright let's see oh, I guess he's done talking Banzai Banzai this is why they call him Comic-Con. Oh, the music's different, too. That is not our friend. Oh, that's not the actor flipping around? Not only did I not know Japanese, I told him I knew how to ski. And that's the reason why I'm in traction. <laughs> Bon wow. die. I mean, bon means uh, good in French. I wonder if die is something in French. Yeah, all right. Zai. Now, we're just watching a flipping around like a breakdancer. Right. Well, this is the ski jump one. And when Harkin goes up, he's going to do like a quadruple lad. We blah, just watched blah, a blah, double. Blah. And the guy's like, you can't do a quadruple lad. Blah, 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 blah. Nobody <laughs> ever does. Nobody's done a triple Linsky before. Right, like that. Yeah, yeah that was. Well, uh, I'm gonna. Back to school. It. Was it like Ronnie Dangerfield had the win. triple Linsky jump or something like that? And Emma Wallace was like, nobody's done that before. There was only one person who did that. Lots. Yeah, what is that? Yeah. I was the one who did it. Hey, I know you. You're that fat and wide guy. Hey, all right. Let me take <laughs> these pens back. 
Fat and wide story. Is that Rodney Dangerfield? It was like Fat and Tall or something. Cool. And the guy goes, yeah, yeah. Hey, you're that Fat and Tall guy. He goes, oh, all right. Let me take those pens back. Because he's giving out pens. <laughs> oh, he was funny. Oh, man. Everyone looks like Scott Bayo or, or uh, Ted McGinley. It's like the cast of Happy Days getting in the ski thing. You know, um, David Naughton, yeah. he's somewhere wearing New York Mets hat. I wonder why the in- internet didn't tell me about that choice. Oh, I think the internet's lacking. Come on, internet. Well, could be me. Well, he's in California, I, too. Yeah, like, why have New York met... Like, is his, act, his character from New York? I don't know. It's such a Hollywood thing. Like, this is about uh, Colorado ski culture. We'll shoot it in fucking San Francisco, in California. <laughs> Do do gotta make it on your dreams. Here's Rudy, our German friend. It's the same shot. I'm, you know, I'm kind of numb to these videos. I get it. You yeah. go in circles. In the air. Where are you gonna the land? Thing is, like you kind of are out of context when you only see sky. You know what I mean? Yeah. They should just have one single shot. The guy comes down and does the flip. Because then it's impressive. Then you see it as a real person, and you're like, look what he can do. Well, these guys are all impressive. No one's hurt himself yet, I guess. Uh, no, nah, that is an obvious point in the... Look at that, 9899. Nine, nine. They got, he got one guy yeah, got good, a 10. Yeah, good rating. Yes. We are the best. We are the best, boys. <laughs> Oh, yay, go Germany, yay. He looks like Hasselhoff. Is that a coincidence? guess so. There Just he the is. hair. Let's listen to his... You can't do the quadruple. It's a twist and triple. A twist and triple? What? I've never seen one of those before. Are you qualified one. for you that? You can't do that. That's impossible. Well, I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's Harkin. That is so Harkin. Harkins back where he just didn't give a shit. Okay. All right. Good luck. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's my new comedy bit, Carl. Oh, yeah? Yeah, what's, okay. yeah, you'd be the coach. So ask me what my next move is. Okay, so what is your next move? I'm going to do the call, uh, the double flip flip. What? Whoa, what? Mike. You what heard me. I'm the double flip flip. Well, I'm not, not nobody, and I'm going to do the double flip-flip. Yo, get out of here. Look at that, look at that. Hey, he whoa. Like he's going to fall. Like Lots of times he looks like he's, oh, I'm going to hit my head. He, he did it. Good. Whoa, he did double flip-flip. <laughs> Even his girlfriend, who's not his girlfriend, is like, yeah, double flip-flip. <laughs> whoa. He yeah. wins the contest, but he doesn't win the contest. The Germans steal it from them because they get the viewership. You can't just come out onto the... I would have done that a million times if I knew... You... When I was at Lake Placid, I would have just come out into the snow. Oh, right. Just him pulled... a, giving him a hug. Well, that's the reason why they have that red oh, red man. fence that surrounds the perimeter. It's to say... Nine, three. Walk underneath nine, it. Nine, seven. Yeah, I thought it said crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're throwing Look, snowballs. Yeah, that's a <laughs> Trucky, truck you. Trucky you. 
I am a winner. I am a winner. Is that your German accent? Uh, sorry. I, I could do much better. Oh, how oh, civil through snow in her face. Oh, the Whoa, Atlas. Squirrely. Whoa, Squirrely! Took a dive. Actually, he's just Squirrel, though. I keep calling him Squirrely because of Polly. Yeah. I mean, sure. Whatever happened to the people having sex in the gondola? Well, I'm sure that, you know, it doesn't last all day, Mike. I mean... <laughs> yeah, we we'll want to know. Be a singing tournament <laughs> Guys, keep it down. I'm on the phone. I'm trying to eat my sandwich. Now, there's something factually wrong with that uh, trophy, by the way. I, I can't see it, though. Is the fact that he's on a surfboard? <laughs> All right. Uh-oh. Yeah, this is a bowling trophy. <laughs> Now they have their stockpile of, you know, like... Snowballs. The Americans and Japanese are going to fight the Germans. Now, in the Chinese downhill that's going to follow, the Internet claims that there's lots of times you can see the cameras and there's lots of continuity errors when they, like, skiers now wearing different clothes. But I got to tell you, man, I don't care. The thing... Yeah. I, I don't notice any of that. Do you notice that behind them where they're throwing snowballs is the Olympic logo? the circles I didn't but it makes sense because it's 1960s site of yeah but you know they are highly protective of that logo like their copyright and their Olympics name in general and especially Uh the logo you see it right there in the background yes they wouldn't be able to do that today they would have to like uh, digitize it out I bet you that's right and uh, I don't know that it just was a a flag that happened to be in the just happened to be place, yeah I guess they're shooting in this place and it just happened to be in the 60s a uh, Olympics okay site. now let's listen to some dialogue right, that they're going to do Chinese downhill you know something Rudy I think it's time we settle this once and for all hey squirrel spot me 50 bucks 50, 50. bucks Make That's like 150 bucks now money <laughs> assuming you've been watching this Chinese downhill. 40 bucks a man, winner takes all. It's the only way. Uh, it is the only way. Chinese <laughs> downhill. Oh, and uh, Rudy, to bring the trophy, I think it should go to the real champion. I yeah. am the champion. But the Chinese downhill will decide everything. Ah, the Chinese downhill is not the answer to everything. But, but let's wait for all the right, Japanese right, guy's right. line. Down here. What does the baka is a Chinese down here? <laughs> I don't know. Is that so funny? The, the that's, the, that's the first well, thing he says in English, right? Yes, it is. Right, yeah, well, that's, that is but, funny. I mean, throughout the film, I mean, we weren't watching it on mute. The joke is he'll say something in Japanese and whoever's with him totally knows what he goes. He goes, yeah, he's right. <laughs> He understands English and speaks in Japanese. They understand Japanese. Now, this mountain okay. must be where the Chinese downhill is. That's right. Now, you can see everybody up there. Now, the internet made a big deal that the, the, a guy on the loudspeaker is going to say, winner takes all $2,300, and, like, the math doesn't add up for 40 bucks a person. And 23, yeah. 26 rider. Yeah. 
Now, this is an homage to um, those movies like Mad Max, which everyone, you know, has. Like an apocalyptic equipment. Yeah. They're getting ready to battle. But they're actually skiing. Well, good. Uh, You know, and it's a lot better in the three and a half hour version. Oh, I wish the three and a half hour version exists. I would so watch it. Yeah, that would be funny to see. Yeah. Funny to see you. Like, it's just be more of wet t shirt contest to view at home. Well, like I said, the that wet t shirt contest was 45 minutes in the guy's version. It just <laughs> so many great things in it. He was oh, director. my God. Apparently, yeah, well, nobody liked him, even though, I don't know, like, it was a, a record snow year. And so the, they were skiers, these professionals. And right. They, would go, they loved it. And it drove the director mad. He was like, he's ready to film, and everybody's out skiing. That's interesting. Wow, what a disaster of a film, then. We hired you for one thing. <laughs> this is a real thing. The Irish downhill really was like just just go down the hill and trip a guy or something so that you whoever gets the the thing first, no rules, you know. So that's what they're saying about the Chinese downhill is that it's Yeah. And everyone's just gonna fight everybody else. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. It's like new wave soundy, like Devo sounding. But then some guy will get in and go, I am a classic rock star. Oh, come on, Carl. It's the double guitar, right? Okay, so you got to kick it off with the synth, right? You were the way, hey, Carl, you were the one who told me something really deep about Right Here, Right Now by Jesus Jones. Do you remember this conversation we had 25 years ago? Well, I do love that song, and it is a mix of new wave and rock, and that guy was super frustrated that the internet made everyone go retro, but you refresh my memory. Okay, you said that this song starts off like it's a techno song, right? Yeah. Like the first couple seconds, it's like, you know, beep, beep, blorp, blorp, and then yeah. it's just record scratch guitar, like, fuck you, I'm a yeah. guitar song. You That's told true. me that. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. That's what this is like. This is like you have the synth kicks it off, and you're like, yeah, new wave. And then the two lazy-ass guitars from the pub starts playing. Wow. Guitar solo. Right. Yeah, then they start singing like... Uh, yeah, it's Friday night at five o'clock. <laughs> yeah, punch out and you're going to the pub. Oof, see that? Yeah, these are like real spills. So they're going to show all the spills in a row, right? Oh, this guy is falling. This has got to hurt, even though it's a stunt. Uh, yeah, like, some stunt. Fall down the hill. Right, what's the stunt? Just yeah. jump. Watch those guys just, just missed him. I know. Whoa! We're falling down the hill again. Uh, Boy, I don't know about this Chinese downhill. That doesn't look very stunty. I think that looks very real. There's no computer graphics at this time. Oh, here we go. This guy is uh, in now, a full banana suit. Parking banks, right? He's going to sort of like, okay. He's shooting like smoke and everyone coughing. He had a smoke bomb in his ski jacket? Yeah. Just and it's exhaust pipes out of his helmet. Oh, I see. Because he's super jetting. He's the rocketeer. 
So there's this scene now in which Harkin goes flying through a ski lodge, and cool. the waitress is supposed to open the door and fling all her tray of food. Here he goes, yeah. But she never heard what well, he's going to hit a tree. What doesn't happen is the tree doesn't, tree doesn't spring back. I thought it was a boing. No, timber. Yeah. That's how they cleared a lot of the trees back in the day. The skiers would just fucking slam into them. So the, she's supposed to open the door, but she didn't hear the radio. And so there was uh, the stuntman for Harkin going straight, going to smash into that wall, like a wall. Oh, wow, yeah. You know? And some other extra goes, hey, that's funny. That guy's, hey, wait a minute. And then he opened the door. If that guy hadn't have done that, they would have had, like, maybe a fatality. Okay, so this scene's coming up, right? Yeah. So we'll watch the, the brave fucking extra opening the door. <laughs> wow, that's nuts. Well, these are pretty yeah. uh, vicious stunts. This movie has gone from, like, happy-go-lucky positive stunts to people clobbering each other. Look at his army helmet. Yeah. But this is shot like Frankie and and uh, Net movies where they're like backdrop skiing. You know, they're like going to the ocean. Yeah, and when they're oh, actually oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. when there's a close up in that, wow, they're really getting pummeled. Ironically, their careers went downhill as well. <laughs> Thank you. One more jokes like that. I'll be at the Mayo Clinic. <laughs> My Hellman's taste funny. So this is the German and Harkin. And there's supposed to be a bunch of continuity incorrect. There we go. Yay! They opened the door. Wow. It just out the window. Sir, so we don't... That's insane. That, that guy was really going to smash into that door. And a quick-thinking extra, I don't know. Open it. But even that stone jumping out of a window, like... Smash. I'm a big guy. I'm not going to fit through the window. <laughs> you would smash it. Yeah. The window's not open for you. They're still doing it. They knocked down two picnic tables worth of food. That was the whole craft service from a budget right there. What a stunt. That's, do you know how much money you wasted? Hundreds. <laughs> Hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Hey, we're extras who don't have to take our shirt off. We're cheering at the end. We're locals <laughs> um, who kept is, it on. It's down to Rudy and Harkin. Okay. And Rudy's a German. Yeah, and Rudy just uh, smashed out, and you can see Harkin is going to get carried around. And oh, and right on! Yay! We're ending now. Yay! We got to see the German go. But everyone else, yay, yay! I'm from the background of Hot Dog the Movie. You see that joke there? Yeah, he had the mask on. Drunk through that, right? He loves to drink. He he drank before he went on the downhill. They were on the 20th anniversary. They were pouring champagne on his head and holding him up like he had won. <laughs> on the 30th reunion, he didn't go. Nobody knows where he is apparently. Right. The author. Yay! Hey. Yay! What the Chinese downhill? <laughs> I am the Chinese downhill. <laughs> tell me how you f- love the movie. No, tell me how you love the picture by Edward. Uh, fuck the director. 
the producer, the guy I was telling you about. Edward, yeah, Edward S. Feldman wrote a book called Tell Me How You Love the Picture, and he dedicates a chapter to this movie. And, oh, that's it. Yeah, he hates it. And it just ends with him holding the trophy. Freeze frame, and there's ski stunts by, shot by Mike. What's that, Carl? I'm sorry. He no, he lost the official contest, but he won the real contest. Chinese downhill. He gets the trophy. But that's so. Oh, I guess that's right. So televised, it's the German, but it, they all yeah, know it's German him. Yeah, won, and he said, "All right, I'll risk my trophy because I'm better than you." But he wasn't. Wow, that's insane. I would get to listen to some music. Final. They're gonna play a song just to list the movie titles, the song titles at the end. They'll have to have play another song for the three and a half minutes worth of. <laughs> Here we go. Here's all the stunt uh, just skiers. I'm gonna write a song for this movie. Those are all real people. Yeah. Gonna ski downhill, then take the ski lift up. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll take a gondola and go in a straight line. <laughs> I want you to hold my third pole And we'll get on the gondola Gondola of love Gondola <laughs> of love Of skiing Okay, here we go We're going to list it all the songs Harkens back to the time When the song credits pop up I'm going to just like read them out, right? I do this all okay. the time when I see end credits I have to see who performed it So I look at all the long credits under a song A million sounds Last sound effects. Sound effects. Swish. Music editor, assistance, ADR. Come on, where's the sound? Oh. oh, here we go. Top of the hill, hold me, and that's performed by Cliff Magnus. Cliff Magnus. Dreamers on the rise, bringing down the moon. <laughs> John Stewart. Oh wow. Funny guy from Comedy Central. No, he doesn't H his name. When you were mine, that's Mitch Ryder. Do mm-hmm. you love me, Patty Austin? Hungry Like the Wolf, copyright 1980. Uh, that's that's Duran Duran. Okay, so maybe the song is getting a little old. Right, maybe they, they slip said, in. I will okay, be there for you, Algero. And then Ruby's Victory Song. Yeah, Rudy's the gut German guy, so. Oh, Boo. music by John Patrick Rieger. He's the, he's the actor. Oh. Am I wrong? Oh, maybe there you go. R-I-E. Special thanks to... City of Squaw Valley, Squaw Valley Ski Corporation, U.S. Ski Association, Freestyle USA, Ski Dinosaur, Phila. Yeah, you, all the clothes and the poles. Special thanks goes to like all his friends. Carrier, Mrs. Beer. Johnson. They've given all their stuff for free. The cores. <laughs> wow, these credits are good. Skiing. See, it says any similarity to actual persons. That's not true. Why? Because banana pants. Banana pants. Ski life. Banana pants. (laughs) Next movie. Next movie. What is it? What am I going to research next? Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Uh, I would love to hear what you thought of uh, Ski Ski, a Hot Dog movie. I think it was bad. It was a bad, bad film. And it shouldn't have been. I I don't know what to say. It's, I, I don't think it deserves its cult status. I think it. Yeah. It's very bland. Well, I mean, the sex scenes are pretty, uh, pretty sexy, right? 
Yes, they definitely were. But seriously, though, those sex scenes, like, they show the curve of a butt, and you'd see a crack, and... and Wait, we saw a muff right up front. And by muff, I mean, like, yeah. pubic hairs. I don't want to, oh, you know... Oh. I don't know. I, I think the Ronson factor, the sex comedy part, the sex part was like hardcore. So that I'm all for it. Right. Literally hardcore. And then uh, comedy, not so good. And, but it's all based on this competition. And that just gets kind of like, well, I don't see a, a trailer for next week's movie. Uh, I was hoping it must have been one. Well, this is a there's a guy named Arch Hall Jr. and he's definitely a cult character. He's done movies like Arg and uh, uh, The oh, Sadist. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, but he, uh, you know, I, I'm a sucker for mid 1960s spy parodies, so that's what we're gonna watch next week. Okay. This film okay. is called The Nasty Rabbit from 1964, aka Spies a Go Go. The Nasty Rabbit, 1964, a.k.a. Go-Go? Spies a Go-Go. Spies a Go-Go, okay. I could uh, skip. I don't have any music to play for it. I could just play well, the full you movie. Don't, there is no trailer? No trailer on YouTube. Okay. Do you, well, just put in the name and see if like a little clip comes up. Maybe you can tease, tickle well, the audience with that. All right. You know, the, the, the opening credits don't start until eight minutes into the movie. So let me see if I could get That's to that different. eight minutes. Yeah. That's unique. Oh, yeah, this movie is, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. No, a spy film in the 60s, you cannot say it's unique. <laughs> I think I, I think this might be the here we go here's the credits oh hang on that was my high school prom song so this is the opening credits the famous opening credits where the signs have the uh, credits written this Oh, all the, all the creative. credits are written on signs, like roadside signs of rabbits. And like, that the, um, the, the title like says, yeah. So next week, we're going to watch this full movie. Here's the credits from the eight minutes into it. It's a film called The Nasty Rabbits, a.k.a. Spies a Go-Go. Although, I have to admit, the credits says Spies a Go-Go, and then it's printed, a.k.a. The Nasty Rabbit. So, All right. Well, yeah. I can't wait. I mean, we've done Fat Spy. We've right. We've done The Cold Nose. That's right. Spy with a Cold Nose. And uh, I, I'm just a sucker another. to them, Carl. I'm sorry. If I see one, I'm going to go for it. If There's what? Say it again. If I see a spy parody from the mid-60s, I'm going to have to go for it. You are there. Gotcha. It's it Casino Royale, the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> That's what influenced it. All right, it took well, you eight sittings, sittings to watch the whole thing, right? Yeah, it took me two years. No, it took me, actually, I sat down. It took me several years to try to watch it. And then about two <laughs> years ago, I decided because I had, cap, uh, it was on uh, one of the one of the cable channels and I was going to watch it. And uh, I did. And it was the MGM HD channel. They showed that a lot. Rabbit, 1964. The Nasty Rabbit. A go go. Yep. 
All yeah. right. All right. I cannot wait to check this film out. Maybe I'll start right now. I'm in a hotel room in Virginia with nothing to do till the morning. Hell yeah. What a better way to kill your life. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, Carl, uh, for researching this and watching it before I have a chance to and just letting uh, uh, letting us know about shit like that. And people yeah, can find more good. about you. Uh, Carl, that sucks. Just Carl, that Carl, sucks. That sucks. Any, uh, any fun shows? Any fun shows you had? Uh, no. No. Okay. Nope. Pretty much no. Nope. Same here. All right. Great. Well, thank you, audience. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T is our name. If you want to follow us on iTunes or any of your podcast RSS feeds uh, here at MutinyRadio.fm, go to the website. Yeah. Go donate money. Carl, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, audience. Bye. Thank you, audience. Bye. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube With Mike Spiegelman Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube With Mike Spiegelman it's been over one long year Watching movies bad, strange and weird Commandeered by Michael Hi, this is Carl I, I, I'm Mike's friend I, I wrote this song My turn off are French poodles Chinese Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. Applications open until November 30th for 25 shows in five days. 40 comics chosen March 1st through 5th, 2019 for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's our fourth annual and we hope you apply from whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from. Apply now through November 30th. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, for more details. Aloha, mutineers. Stolowitz here. People ask me, Dave, why do you spend so much time listening to mutinyradio.fm? Well, the answer's simple to me. It's the love I find here. We've got so many great programs here. There's something for everybody, surely. Well, maybe not the Hitler crew, but you know everyone else. Let me tell you about some of my favorite shows here at Mutiny you may not have heard about. 
Labor and Love with Bill Morgan is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Bill is passionate about labor, jazz, and solidarity, and he tells you how it is. No BS. If somebody gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. I always learn a lot from Labor and Love. It's educational and inspirational. The Common Thread Collective is every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. with legendary octogenarian hate ashbury activist Diamond Dave. With help from his friends, Dave talks news, wisdom, progressive activism, and spirituality. There's also open mic time for music, poetry, and stories. Comics got to hold off till happy hour, though. Oh, and check out Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker, Saturdays from noon to 2. The title says it all. Classic vinyl albums with no apologies. Great stuff. You can listen in live to these fine programs on mutinyradio.fm or download the podcast at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal. Authentic, real San Francisco love. That's what keeps our ship afloat. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bear exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things.
Spiegelman and I am Carl not Spiegelman join us every Sunday 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for the let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube we watch the best movies that uh, aren't they good well they're chosen by uh, here's you. his theme song again bye okay bye watch My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics deep in the mission where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for, is <laughs> in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen... Six o'clock. Welcome to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival here at Mutiny Radio. Yay! 
Yay! You're all here. Yay! We have an amazing night of comedy prepared for you. Five hours of amazing people. And we are starting out tonight with the Newbies Show. All of these comedians have been doing comedy for two years or less. Oh my God, they're in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches Hitting switches going rags to riches Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their, their variety. Time for some call me Tim. All right, uh, welcome to some call me Tim. Today is 4:18 to time stamp it for you peeps. 4:18. It's almost 4:20. We have Juwan Rubin on the program today yes, to do. talk about what's going on. Juwan, I haven't met you before, but we have friends in common, so I, yes. I trust I trust that you are... A, 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 if you want to listen, you can. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to hear the trippy music behind us. Nice. Uh, so... Yeah, we've never met before. We've never met before. Yeah. So but I don't you know. saw I the post. Know, saw the post on Facebook on Bacon. Uh, bacon is... Uh, I don't want to tell too many people about bacon because I like to keep it as exclusive as possible. The, uh, the 7,500 people that are yeah. part of bacon. Yeah, it's super exclusive. <laughs> a lot of fucking people. Yeah. And then there's also, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a Google Doc of all the uh, different shows in the area. So if you're a comedian and you want to know what's going on, then go to bacon and find out, you know, if there's an open mic near you. So, yeah, I saw your post and, uh, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm down to do... Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. It is Saturday night. We are here for the 6 o'clock show. Subliminal SF presents live music backed with special guest Breakfast B Breakfast of the Wyatt Act. And your host all the way from Boston. Put your hands together everybody for Ben Quick. What's going on guys? I apologize for my voice right up front. I have a story for you. I am here straight from the airport where I uh, have spent the last 36 hours trying to get to San Francisco. I uh, Somewhere around midnight last night, I had what is commonly referred to as a mental breakdown where I lost my voice. Uh, <laughs> thus, I sound like this. <laughs> so it's good to be here. I'll tell you the story real quick before we get underway. Uh, 
I'm supposed to leave at 7 a.m. yesterday, so I get to the airport, Boston Logan Airport, at 5 a.m., all ready to go, check in for my flight. I sit down, I got a seat, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to sleep on the plane, I'm on three hours of sleep because I don't plan things ahead of time like packing. And so I end up getting my plane and... Now, I don't know if you guys have seen the news, but Boston got uh, what the meteorologists call fucked yesterday. (laughs) They got hit with a bomb cyclone where uh, a giant, basically hurricane from the cold weather came and took out just about every single flight in Boston. So as I'm in line to board my plane, they announced that due to the weather, they need to remove 10 passengers from this flight full flight, 10 passengers, so they can make weight, because they're going to be overweight. And uh, so I'm sitting there going, why are you taking 10 passengers off? You could just choose the five fattest. (laughs) That would be a lot better for everyone uh, on the plane, too. But anyway, (laughs) they ended up, I was, my name was called. I was one of the last people called. They called nine names. I was like, hell yeah, I'm on this plane. And they go, also paging Benjamin Quick. And I was like, fuck. Uh, so I end up asking, hey, can I be reaccommodated? And they, and they, and they come up to me and they give me like a compensation. They say, we're going to get you on at 11 o'clock. And I'm like, there's no way that's flying out. I've seen, you know, the weather. But I went for it because I didn't really have a choice. It was that or no trip. And so I go for 11 o'clock. They say, you're going to connect in Philadelphia for a 3.30 connection. And I was like, perfect. I'll get to San Francisco Friday night. It'll be great. I'll make my 6 p.m. show here at Mutiny. It's my first show of the festival. And I'm all set. And as I sit there to the gate, I see that the plane's delayed till 2.30 p.m. takeoff. So I call the airline and say, hey, it's 11 o'clock right now. My plane's leaving at 2.30. It's going to land at 4. I'm not going to make this connection in 3.30 because the plane's going to land after the other plane gets there. And my person on the phone says, it looks like to me the plane leaves at 11. And I said, it's 11 o'clock right now and I'm talking to you. at the gate. <laughs> this plane's not leaving. And so I say, I, I can't make this connection. And so the person says, well, what you should do is you should fly to Philadelphia and talk to a gate agent there. And I said, I don't really want to punt and fly to Philly on the off chance you have a plane for me there. Cause they're also getting again, fucked from this weather. Uh, and so I get there and and they say, just take the plane to Philly. I said, okay, can you find out if I can do something now? And they said, yeah, if you can get in the person says, yes. If you can get to Philly, I swear to God, a human being has added this to me. If you can get to Philly, I can get you on a connecting flight at 6 p.m. that will connect to San Francisco via Boston. <laughs> and I said, are you aware I'm currently in Boston? <laughs> and she said, yes, but you need to make the connection from Philly first. I'm dead serious. A human Now, I'm not generally a fan of the R word because uh, I know it's a little harsh. And also, I feel like if you use the R word a, lo- a lot, it kind of loses its power. You know what I mean? You need to save it for when something does someone, something does something truly dumb, like say, suggest you fly to Philadelphia and back to qualify for your trip to San Francisco. <laughs> that is the textbook definition of retarded. <laughs> and I know I'm in a hyper-liberal bubble, so thank you guys for not being cunts about that. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> So anyways, I have another flight canceled at, at 9 p.m. They finally rebooked me for because then that plane, spoiler, it gets canceled. So they say, now you get on that 9 p.m. plane. By the way, this 9 p.m. plane was the one I was supposed to connect for. But after the plane got canceled, they suddenly can get me on. 
That gets canceled at 10 o'clock while I'm at the gate. So I spend two and a half hours on call with support every time getting connected after th- half an hour of finally talking to somebody, I get put on hold, it disconnects. I do this four times in a row where each time I spend 45 minutes on hold, it's 1 a.m., I have the mental breakdown. And then I go home and I try one more time and I beg. And uh, they, as far, by the way, as far as this version America is concerned, not only am I headlining this festival, but it is a make or break moment for my comedy career. That's... <laughs> That, thank you. That is what they believe. Uh, so all said and done, they say there's nothing we can do. You got to go to the gate. I show up this morning at 5 a.m. I've slept another two hours. So again, slept about five hours and 48 hours. I show up again. The woman looks at me, and it's the same woman from yesterday, whom I was polite to, and she says, "Man, you look like shit." And I said, "I know." Uh, but in fairness, what she doesn't know is this is my default look. I genuinely look like a cut. I genuinely look like a cute, polite white boy who's also part-time homeless. Like I kind of. Uh, but I, uh, I get there and I peg and I plead my sob story and somehow I get rebooked because this person feels terrible for me because I was nice to her before. That's the why. Spoiler alert: If you're nice to people, they help you because she didn't help a lot of people, but she got me on a plane at the last moment this morning to Seattle where I basically flew in like the jump seat, got there, connected to San Francisco, and just walked in the door two minutes ago. And yeah, I'm serious, serious. True story. The thing I'm most proud of about this whole thing is that after every canceled flight, I had to go back and get my checked bag and go back through security and check it again. Which means not only did I go through TSA five times in the last 24 hours, but I successfully smuggled acid through TSA five times in the last 24 hours. Yeah. So if anyone wants to come to my 6 p.m. set tomorrow, it's going to be real weird. Uh, <laughs> all right, I've got a song for you guys. I'm going to kick things underway. This is a brand new song. I have no idea if it's funny or not yet. I just thought it was the easiest one to teach you on the fly. Um, and this is about where I grew up. And uh, did I? Oh, where'd it go? So I was thinking if the one thing this world needs, it's more country western songs about small towns, you know. (laughs) So I wrote a song about where I grew up in a small town. Spoiler alert, not a great place. We're going to lean into it if it doesn't work with the backing. It's going to be fun. Well, I am from a town of not a lot of people but a lot of cows got it now where every year someone grows a big vegetable and it's front page news somehow there used to be factories nearby but they all closed down and they're never coming back So now the only time my neighbor Vince really goes to work is every night on a 30 rack. Bridge. But everywhere you go, everyone that you talk to is polite. And since no one here is racist, it was just a coincidence that we were all white. I grew up in a shithole, a small town shithole, near a city that's a shithole, 
Where I'm from is kind of a dump. It's mostly just a bunch of white people that all voted for Trump. But if you talk to an old timer, they'll tell you about the day when America was great. When we all had jobs with no health risks, working at the chemical plant, and we all were straight. And I'd say, I want to go to the city today. And they'd say, no, don't go there. It's not safe. The cities where all the poor people stay out in sense were not racist. It's just a coincidence that they're all black. I grew up in a shithole, a small town shithole, a small town shithole. A real boring shithole. Growing up, I mostly jerked off, told my friends racist jokes, and put fireworks in frogs. Well, I thought I left it behind me when I got away. Moved to a real big city where I learned to stop calling things gay. But no matter how much I try to hide it, it's still a part of me too. Cause when I'm hanging out with a bunch of black people, I don't know how to play it cool. Because I grew up in a shithole, a small town shithole, a cultural shithole, an American shithole. And when I go home to see my friends, they all have kids, and so it all repeats again. Thank you guys for sticking with me and pretending like I actually had the vocal cords remaining to sing that song. Uh, that's the closest thing to a serious song I'll ever write. Anyways, uh, you guys ready for the show? All right, I'm super pumped to be here, as you know, and I'm super pumped to meet this first guy because I was in your hometown earlier today. This dude's all the way in from Seattle. He's going to be super funny. Please give it up for Levi Manis. I look like Kid Rock auditioning for a castaway. <laughs> Whenever I see signs that say employees must wash hands, I always think, thank God I don't have a job. <laughs> I noticed that when people get tattoos, it's to remind them of something important. So I'm going to get a tattoo that says, rent is due on the 5th. <laughs> I try to donate myself to Goodwill, <laughs> but they don't accept white trash. <laughs> I also grew up in a shithole small town. Uh, I grew up in a town of the population of 15 people. And to put that into perspective, my family of five made up a third of the population. 
I had no choice but to learn social cues from alcoholics and farm animals. <laughs> so when you grow up in a town that's small, there are no secrets because everyone knows everything about each other. So when I was a kid and I found my dad's hustler, the whole town knew. <laughs> because I told everyone. <laughs> It was gross. <laughs> I gave a motivational speech at a suicide support group. It killed. <laughs> Everyone. Uh, the best part about diarrhea <laughs> is the cardio. <laughs> So dumb. I've always been jealous of that little boy from The Shining because at least his dad took an interest in him. <laughs> I can count the number of times I've seen my dad on one hand. And about a year ago, I was doing a show, and some relatives from outside the family came out to see me. And I hardly know them at all either. And I'm standing out front before the show starts, and my uncle comes up to me, and he goes, hey man, just so you know, your dad is living in a car two blocks away from here, and he still might not make it out tonight. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he didn't. But the fucked up part is that I still kind of admire him, because he's really consistent. And the dude has a car. <laughs> my reverse psychologist told me to be myself. <laughs> if you're not laughing, you're gonna figure that joke out on your way home. <laughs> the other day, this guy, he was trying to sell me a coffin. And I said, come on, man. That's the last thing I need. <laughs> I think that when it comes to leading by example, Jesus nails it. There's nothing like taking a shit. right when you get out of the shower to remind yourself that nothing really matters. <laughs> if you're not laughing, it's because it hasn't happened to you yet. <laughs> I eat a lot of Happy Meals because I can't afford antidepressants. true. <laughs> uh, I named my penis mom because it's always embarrassing me in front of my friends. 
I've been working on a few impressions. Here's my impression of a uh, lower intestine. I don't need this shit. <laughs> Here's my impression of an immature ghost. Boobies. <laughs> I accidentally signed up for a yoga class because I'm a Star Wars fan who doesn't know how to read. Right, I'll take it. <laughs> the longer that my hair and my beard gets, the more afraid of fire I become. Because this beard is the only thing that's keeping me from looking like Macaulay Culkin. Most people see black and white pictures, but I see interracial photos. It's a PC joke. <laughs> I second guess myself because I don't like odd numbers. <laughs> Alien Ant Farm has a website for their fans. <laughs> so hard to say that with a straight face, but <laughs> it's called alienantfarmersonly.com. I told that joke in a hot topic and it fucking killed. I'm changing my first name to science in hopes that people will donate their bodies to me when they die. <laughs> it's not what you think, it's just for butt stuff. <laughs> I wonder if Patrick Swayze's ghost is haunting a pottery barn. My definition of a threesome is using both hands. <laughs> if Franklin D. Roosevelt had a Twitter account, his first tweet would be, YOLO with polio. <laughs> Hashtag for wheels. <laughs> I, hold on a second, when I make breakfast in bed for someone, all I expect in return is a thank you. I don't need to hear, who are you, how'd you get in my home? <laughs> Just eat your fucking frosted flakes. This is our home now. <laughs> I'm gonna go against my better judgment and do one more. I want to share something personal. Um, I make this weird noise when I come, and I have it recorded on my phone. <laughs> that is my time. Thank you, everyone. Give it up for Levi Manis, guys. I too fart when I come, so it's a... <laughs>
<laughs> Alright, you guys ready to keep the show moving? Alright, next comic here is in town from Portland, Oregon. Please get up for Jeremiah Coughlin. Keep it going for your host. Keep it going for your piano guy. Bre your name's Breakfast? That's right. You're my new favorite person. I don't know. I would totally fuck a dude named Breakfast. I don't know. That's not typically uh, something I'd say out loud, but just saying. How you guys doing? This is fun, yeah? Intimate little fun thing we're doing here. Uh, I got here, I was like, he was singing, I was like, do I have a sing a fucking song? Because I didn't bring my inhaler. Uh, I don't have the lungs for that anymore. I, uh, I was walking down the street in San Francisco, uh, where we are, yesterday, and I, I stepped on one of those metal grates, and it was very slippery, and I fell like an idiot. Yeah. God, that must have been fucking hilarious. This, like, this like, I wish, I want to see the fucking security footage of that. Like, a, like a tiny Asian woman ran up to me. Like, what I would consider, like, the most, like, frail and vulnerable of, like, people I've ever seen. And she was like, are you okay? <laughs> Think about that for a second. Just, like, if, like, the picture of vulnerable in the fucking dictionary 300 pound guy falls on the ground she's like holy shit are you okay like I'm concerned for your well-being I uh I stayed in an Airbnb for the first time last week I've never done that before and I don't like it I don't like it at all it's basically like uh I feel like you're a substitute teacher roommate where it's like I have no fucking long-term investment in this but I'm here so I'm gonna use all the toilet paper and Microwave spaghetti in the fucking microwave and not wipe it out. Like, I don't care. I paid. I don't know. I also stayed with, uh, so it was like two grown men in one bedroom, and that's not something I'm really stoked on. I woke up the first morning, and my friend was like, uh, do you have sleep apnea? Because it sounded like you were choking while you were sleeping. I was like, uh, no, I just had a dream. I was blowing nine dudes, and I was... Fucking killing it, basically. Uh, what else has been going on? Oh yeah, I was in that was I was in North Carolina when that happened. Uh, the first day I was in North Carolina, I was doing a show and this uh, this nice Southern guy walked up to me. He was like, "Hey, has anybody ever told you uh, you you look like Fat Ed Sheeran?" And uh, <laughs> yeah, which I don't necessarily agree with. I think he just picked a redheaded guy. He doesn't know. He's just like. Uh, I maybe I mean I'll agree I look like Chris Farley ate Bob Ross but that was that was the look I was going for I never went I never wanted to be Fat Ed Sheeran. Uh, <laughs> what else has been going on? Man, you're fucking killing it with this, man. I love it. This is fun. I don't know. I wish I had better jokes for this fucking piano routine. This is amazing. Uh, what else am I going to... Oh, I want to tell you guys a story. I heard uh, we were all standing outside of a comedy club the other day, and we were talking about what we got for Christmas. And uh, this kid said... Uh, this kid I know who's in his early 20s, he said uh, he got a katana blade. He got a sword. He was really excited. He got a, Yeah, he got a sword for Christmas. And I was jealous of him. Uh, and he was like, yeah, I went and got some watermelons. And... Uh, 
it's not you. It's a different. I know that many people that got swords for Christmas. Uh, he's like, I, I went and got some watermelons and I sliced those fuckers in half. And he's like, but then I was really disappointed because I Googled what to do with a sword after you slice watermelons in half. And the, and the YouTube video was like, oh, you have to wipe it off. You have to get special cleaner. You have to go through this whole process. You can't just go slice some fucking watermelons in half and then resheath your sword. So that's what this, that was a quote from this young man. <laughs> and then he said, uh, you know, I was really disappointed. I wanted a sword and I, I got a responsibility. <laughs> and, and I said to him, you should get a vasectomy. <laughs> if, if caring for a sword is too much of a responsibility for you, you should not procreate. You should not... You should probably not even be around other people. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of things that are harder than taking care of a sword. Uh, do you guys know you can't give babies water? Yeah, breakfast, that's a real fucking thing. That's, I know, most people don't. You better not buy a sword, all right? Because they'll die. Babies will die if you give them water. Uh, that's a true thing. Yeah, six months before you can give babies water. Did you know that? Yeah, I hope you get a sword for Christmas and not a baby. You knew that? Right. I feel like every time I do that, this room divides where it's like people like who are like, of course you can't give fucking babies water. What are you, stupid? And then the other half, like you, they're like, holy fuck, you can't give babies water? And uh, it's not even necessarily funny. It just makes me happy to see... Uh, just to see the room divide like that, that makes me happy. I did that joke a couple weeks ago and somebody Googled it because this lady, this old lady, this lady, she had like, she's like, I got four kids. I don't believe, I don't believe you. And uh, I was like, fucking Google that shit, Linda. And she did. And she was like, like six minutes later, she was like, you can't get babies water. That's, <laughs> yeah, she, uh. She found out. I was right. I was right. Uh, what else has been going on? You guys, uh, you guys ever go down on somebody because when you make out with them, their breath is so bad, you're like, man, it can't get any worse. <laughs> you ever do that? No? Yeah? You ever do that and be wrong? Uh, it's not great. It's not great. Uh, <laughs> man. It's fucking great. I love you so much. I, lo I can't think fast enough with all this piano stuff. It's really fucking with my head right now, but it's fucking great. I love it so much. Uh, do you guys ever, uh, you guys ever fart in your sleep and it smells so bad that it registers in the dream you're having and becomes part of your subconscious reality? Because because uh, that's some Inception shit right there, man. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt walks up to you in your dream and is like, dude, did you shit your pants? You need to, yeah, you need to rethink your life, change up what you're doing. I, uh, what else do I want to tell you guys? I, uh, I recently got, I got fired, uh, for the purpose of this joke, I recently got fired from my job. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I got, I got fired from my, uh, I used to give paranormal ghost tours in Old Town Portland, uh, which is a real job you can have in Portland, Oregon. You can be a ghost tour guide, uh, but I got shit canned from it. I got fired for being too creative. Uh, 
During my ghost tour job, yeah. They're like, Jeremiah, we think you're taking a few too many liberties with the material you've been given. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's a goddamn ghost tour. The whole the whole thing's made up. I, I helped you guys make it up. Uh, yeah, well, and then uh, like a couple weeks after I got fired, I came down here to San Francisco. And uh, the host of the show I was doing introduced me, told everybody I was visiting from Oregon, and then he described me as Super Portlandia. Yeah, like the TV show, and I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to be that. Uh, 